welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Rich Dotson, here my fellow nerd. Matt O'Hara. Don't sound so excited. I got to watch so much football. Yes. Let's be down, man. Mm-hmm. I, I literally watched football last night, so I couldn't watch football no more. That's awesome, man. My eyes gave up on me. Yep. They said goodbye, sweet world. <laughs> goodbye, week one. Arrivederci. Hopefully you came away with more victories than else. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I got to do the total. Some big games this week. I came away with a lot of L's. Did you? Yeah, it was a rough week for me. Oh, well, you know you have those. You have yep. some disappointments. You get people get hurt out. You got Barkeet's good win. Hey, I'm here, and I'm hurt. He was one of my problems. Yeah. Greg Olson stops by. Hey, hey, I'm back, baby. I'm the number one in this offense. And there goes my foot. He was not one of my guys, oh. thankfully. Delaney Walker shows up. Yeah. You, know, you ever use that uh, toy bop it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. His, his, his leg, his ankle, foot could just been a bop it. Yes, it, it could. Like, Flopping any, around. Any which way you want to go. Just turn around. Bop it. Bop it. I never had a bop it. My wife had a bop it. She showed it to me one time. Well past my bop it years. Yes. You're past your prime for that. And I was like, oh, this toy looks easy. I was not a I was not a bopper. You you weren't a successful bopper mm-hmm. right there, were you? Mm-mm. I was not handsome. Mm. So I was no good. So week one comes, week week one goes, and of course, like every week one, we always have some injuries that we always have to discuss because there's always injuries, Matt. Somebody's always going out for the year. Yeah. Who's next? Could be you. I hope not. Me too. So, Jeremy Hill, not a huge loss. Nobody was really counting on Jeremy Hill, but he's out for the year with the ACL. Anybody got a little mildly excited because he was out there in New England like he was going to do something, which I don't think there's many out there. But if you are one of those truthers who also believes the world's flat and there is UFOs, then, um, yeah, Jeremy Hill is out for the year, Matt. I don't think those are two uh, mutually exclusive ideas right there, just to let you know. No? You don't think so? No, I think you can believe that the world is round and that aliens exist. Okay, yeah. No, I was just going two different spectrums. Oh, all right, okay. All right. I mean, because technically I would think aliens do exist. I think you have to word it correctly because – I mean, I think there's definitely intelligent life somewhere. It's just pretty too big not to be. Uh, but, you know, aliens come in here. That kind of thing. UFOs. Gotcha. Thing. UFOs, not alien lives. Okay. All right. If you think the world's flat, then just don't even listen to my podcast anymore. <laughs> I, don't, I don't respect you. We appreciate your support. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> I do not appreciate your support. You're literally, you're literally, uh, you're barely human. My opinion, hey, you have, you think the world's flat? I think you're barely human. How about you UFO and fly on out of here? Mm. Moving on. Doug Baldwin sprains his MCL. Yeah. Uh, that's not good. No, I mean, it sounds like... Um, it was his good knee. Yeah, it's going to be like a multiple-week type of issue for, for Doug Baldwin. So he's going to be 80 85% all year on his left knee. No. <laughs> so he, he pretty much... So he has a very small tear in his ACL in his right te- knee. Is it ACL or MCL, right? M- well, yeah, yeah. It's a tear. It's a small little take. It's a big difference between ACL and MCL, though. Yeah, yeah, okay. Don't poo-poo Fair. the difference there. Fair enough. He's going to be out for over a month. Yep. Uh, so he's out for a while. So it's unlocking pretty much Brandon Marshall. You know, speaking of the world is flat or round, I don't know. But somebody who's old as a dinosaur should know. And not in real life old as a dinosaur, but when it comes to actual NFL football, he's old as a dinosaur. He's pretty old, yeah. But he had a touchdown this week. Yeah. I'm still here, baby. 
hey. <laughs> you say that old guy that's like dancing, throws the canes down the side and starts break dancing. Like, wow, look at that old guy go. That's Brandon. Do you think his role is going to be, now that Baldwin's going to be out, mm-hmm. do you think his role is going to be significant? Or do you think it's going to be, hey, I scored a touchdown. I'm going to get a couple more of those. Please don't ever start me. It's going to be – he's going to be very touchdown dependent and, and that kind of thing, I, I would believe. I think he's going to be, the you know, probably one of their top red zone targets. But um, I think week to week you might get frustrated if you're trying to start Brandon Marshall every week. And how about this roller coaster of Tyler Lockett, huh? You know, he gets signed to this big extension where I'm like, whoa, 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 that's a lot of money right. for a guy who's never had that much over 600 yards in his career. Um, like, so his – you know, his – his needles has been rising and rising. And here he is now pretty much locked in as the number one receiver out there in Seattle. Do you think this is a new player on the scene that's going to be out here going, hey? I mean, I think the fact that um, I, we talked about it you know, last week, that the fact that he signed there, in my opinion, wasn't great for his value. But at the same time, that was yesterday. That was before Doug Baldwin is – I mean, I, I have a feeling Doug Baldwin's just going to end up being like this all year. Um, just kind of in and out of the lineup, hard to rely on, and, and it's going to force Tyler Lockett into probably more of a role than he's had in the past. I mean, I think he could have value, and I think where like wide receiver three, yeah, wide receiver think. three type of thing, and and that's and that's pretty nice, I think. Do you think Marshall could flirt with wide receiver three numbers at all? I mean, if he takes over like all those Jimmy's uh, Jimmy Graham red zone targets, just him being the number two receiver out there, do you think they go out there and sign a guy like Des Bryant? Is that a possibility? Well, I mean, I, I think it's a little hard to it's a little hard to tell because there's a new guy in town, right? I mean, we haven't we have him a little lower on our list, but you know, you got to talk about Will Disley a little bit as well, the the rookie tight end, fourth round out of Washington, tight right? End. And you know, a lot of a lot of people thought he was just going to be mostly a blocker, and obviously he comes out in this very first game out there, and, and, and he's over 100 yards. I think he only had like there's only on three, three catches, three catches and like a touchdown. Sixty-five yard long pass. So I mean, finishes the third highest scoring tight end on the week. But at the same time, those numbers are mildly deceiving because he did only have three catches. Right, exactly. So, so it wasn't like it was a heavy target share. He's locked in there. It still was kind of like the Brandon Marshall, Tyler Lockett kind of little thinner. But I mean, definitely a must add on all waiver wires. I think so. I mean, I, I added him in a couple leagues. Um, so. He he went from an almost non-entity. You know, we barely talked about the guy. Never talked about the guy. Yeah, I mean, and 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 here he is, week one, scoring. You know, nineteen, twenty points, depending on your scoring system. Perfect stash. The only thing that makes me worried about Disley mildly is, you know, Ed Dixon's going to come back, and unless he could do this on a consistent basis, then it might be one of those just kind of fall by the wayside kind of moments. But he did show they could do it in the big. Big lights because again, three catches, one hundred five yards. It's nothing to sneeze at. Well, the thing, the thing about Pete Carroll, um, he needs his, he wants his tight ends to be able to block, and that's why I thought Will Dis, uh, Disley was it was a good pick for them. But I, I, I wasn't sure how much fantasy relevance this guy was going to have. And then obviously, in you know, the blocking will get him on the field, which is is why he's playing Week One because he's a good blocker. And then all of a sudden, he shows he's got chops catching the ball. I don't think they're going to be afraid to throw him the ball if he's no. if he's making big plays and stuff like that so I absolutely mean, worth a stash in every dynasty that's why i think he's worth the stash because i know his blocking is good and um 
you know, if he shows any prowess there in the passing game, it, it's going to be it's going to be nice little a nice little flow of fantasy numbers. And that's Will Disley out of the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. Speaking of tight ends, let's flip it back over there to Delaney Walker. Dislocates his ankle, looked terrible. Like I said, bop it, gop it, gotta go uh, to the hospital. See a nice extension you sign, but no bueno because you got some ligament da- damage and ankle damage. He's done for 2018. Ender finally the John New Smith area coming in his second year. A lot of people like. John Smith, and he's going to get some really a really nice bump to his value, most likely. Like this week, he's going to play the Texans. The Texans last year were terrible against the tight end. They're, I think they were like 28th worst against the tight end last year. Uh, gave up on an average of 13.8 points per game to the tight end. And just last week, they didn't stop. I know it's Gronkowski, but he still scored 23.3 points out there against the Texans. So John is going to come in. Probably most likely have a nice little game. I know Marcus Mariota got banged up. Right. Uh, hasn't really looked that good either. Mariota. Yeah. Corey Davis, 12 points he had, but at the same time, it was could have been better. I think Mariota's biggest issue is the guy can never stay healthy. I mean, he's, it seems like he's always nicked in some way. You know what I mean? So it's, it's it's hard to evaluate a guy who's never healthy, but that's all part of the evaluation. So, I mean, you know, you have to throw that in as, as you know, availability, basically. Yeah, it's just something I just, I just can't get on the Mariota bandwagon. Like, he'll ever be, like, really good. I mean, I thought he had a promising start to his career, but obviously it it, uh, it feels like it's starting to uh, kind of slide a little yeah, bit. Yeah, we've seen a lot of promising starts, sure. a lot of them. So, you know, going back to Janu, I really think after this week is, I think you might get a, a nice high, high point. It depends how good he looks, but it might be a nice high point to sell after week two. If you're looking to, you know, if he's a value, right. you're looking to upgrade somewhere else. I think there's a good chance he comes out here versus the Texans, has a solid game. But I wouldn't let that game, again, get to my head just against the history of the tight Texans and the points they give to the tight ends. So if you're looking at just pay attention. It might be a nice little spike in value that you might be able to get out of Janu for somebody looking with all this big brash of tight end injuries along with guys who just aren't really there on a team, period. You might be able to get some good quality value for a guy who we don't know right now what – we're worried about Corey Davis scoring a lot of fancy points, not a let alone a guy like Johnny Smith. So we might have like one of those weeks that gives a good bump to value early on, kind of like James Conner got a, I mean, Huge get much, bump. Right. much better bump than that. So just to kind of put news out there, you know, if he does have a big week, don't be like, oh, he's here, he's going to dominate. I think it's going to be more opportunity in situation, whereas we don't know for sure what's going on. Definitely the question marks around Mariota. Speaking of Tennessee, I mean, how did uh, how that how those carries work out? Uh, uh, the 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 Derrick Henry carry, yeah, 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 or yeah. Or, or the uh, yeah, you might as well say carry. It's like pretty much one. <laughs> I know he got the one touchdown called back to sixty five yards and looked good because he was big and fast. But that's what he does. Yeah, so I mean, obviously Deion Lewis did more with what he had there. Yeah, um, we would have saw that coming. Yeah, Derrick Henry, I think ten for for twenty six yards and one catch uh, for five yards. That's right. I'm a repetitive piece of shit. I'll keep writing all those good hot takes all the way to the ground. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> that dude pats himself on the back a lot. <laughs> I sure do. Nobody else does. So yeah, and then obviously um, Deion Lewis, uh, sixteen attempts for seventy five yards, touchdown, and then five receptions. For yeah, he looked good getting those goal line carries too. I watched a lot of that Tennessee game, and I was very. Uh, excited about what I saw. Kind of pretty much exactly what I predicted. The whole the whole thing we talked about in the podcast here that Deion Lewis was going to dominate, you know, just even on first and second downs. It was a big misnomer that he was just some kind of PPR guy. That's not what he was. Goal line carries look good on the goal line carry as well and run the ball on the ground. Looks like he's going to have a very solid fantasy year if he could stay healthy. If he can stay healthy, yep. Uh, another guy we lost this year was Greg Olson. 
Now, I don't want to say the year, but we might never see this dude play again. Obviously, you know, he rebroke the same foot that he already had surgery on last year that he missed a bunch of time for um, last year. And, and, and it's one of those reoccurring injuries. It's happened to a lot of guys that have had the surgery. It's, they've, they've had a follow-up injury basically uh, the next year. A lot of the times, I mean, it, it started with Julio Jones and then Dez and then who else? Uh, there was somebody else. Julian Edelman, I think, had, had a reoccurrence of this injury. So it's it's one of those things that um, I don't think the surgeons have this one nailed. You know, this isn't one of those easy fix uh, type of uh, breaks. So uh, Craig Olson broke his foot again. Ah, shit, just put some duct tape on. Y- yeah, basically. So, I mean, it sounds like they're going to try to avoid surgery this time uh, and just see how the damn thing heals. Uh, who knows? We've heard that before, too. They push it off and push it off and end up getting surgery anyways. Right. So, I mean, this isn't a great, great news for any of the Greg Olson owners out there. I mean – Hopefully you have a backup plan anyway because Ian you know, Thomas he missed so much time last year. Hopefully you were smart and did the the right thing and, and drafted Ian Thomas, or you just traded for somebody else altogether. And Thomas is so supposedly looked good through you know a couple of nice preseason moments. Mm-hmm. There has reported looking up camp, so it's a nice if you're a dynasty owner on him. I wouldn't look for him for immediate gain, but you never know because of that offense and how limited it is with playmakers. You know, outside of Christian McCaffrey. DJ Moore being a rookie. Right. I mean, this is good news, though, for Devin Funches. I would say uh, Funches is probably going to get a little spike. But at the same time, I mean, I think they're going to try this, the Ian Thomas, the rookie, out a little bit there and, and see, make sure he's mentally there before they just thrust thrust him in. But, I mean, I could see him carving out a little, uh, at least a passing game role until he gets everything, all the rest of his game down because he's got the athleticism. I mean, he ran like a, a 4.74, I think, in the 40. He had a 36-inch vertical. So, I mean – even you know, even at his worst, maybe they could just throw him in, in the red zone, give Cam another guy that's six foot five to throw to in the red zone. That would be absolutely stupendous. As yeah. any, any kind of moves. he can finish one of those like Evan Ingram, you know, last year, like six hundred yards, X amount of touchdowns. Uh, that'd be a nice little boost for Ian Thomas in a long run here. But we got to remember too, last year with Devin Funchess, that Devin Funchess numbers literally got cut in half when Greg Olson came back. Like that short period of juice you got out of Devin Funchess was all because of Greg Olson was out but at the time he was like a nice low-end wide receiver two kind of right. number so there's a good chance where you're in, when those numbers got cut in half and you're like a borderline high-end wide receiver four like no thank you kind of guy where at least now that value might come back so if it does if Devin Funchess does get a boost let's put him right back up in that category of just like we we're talking about another guy to possibly sell right you know if you don't want to sell Janu, like I, I totally understand that young tight end with some upside, definitely he does show out versus the Texans. For me, if Funches shows up, even right here, another receiver goes down or any chance throughout the rest of the year for this number, I'm selling Funches for anything I could possibly get. That's I mean, a good. That's anything. a good take. That's a good take, and I think he is. Uh, he probably will see a nice little spike in his numbers. Yeah, get out while you can. I mean, there's a possibility that if a receiver goes down, those numbers are there. Maybe you can get like a late first. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, Definitely with the interpretation of the 19 class right now, looking kind of weak. I mean, the strongest suit of this 19 class right now is going to be the receivers. There's going to be a couple of really nice receivers that are at the high, top end of the draft. And I mean, you can even sell the person on, you know, Greg Olson's long-term future being in doubt at this point. And, you know, Funches might just be the guy that permanently has these numbers instead of, you know, getting his numbers chopped. Definitely with his size right. as well. And you're right because you could easily argue that Greg Olson will never take a snap in the NFL again. I don't think it's that One hard. step closer yeah. to kick Jason Wynn out of that Monday night booth. Jason Wynn, learn how to talk, friend. Um, is, he, is he bad? I didn't hear him. No, I just didn't really say anything. It's just, oh, okay. gonna, like, just really like, oh, that was a good pass. And then, what do you think, Greg? And it's like, 
You mean Jason? Yeah, Jason. What, whatever his name is. Yeah, Greg Jason. I, I mean, and Greg Olson's already tried out for TV jobs. He or, he's, he covered the draft and stuff like that. He's very uh, camera friendly, I would say, and and knows how to sit there and and chat it up as well. So he could have um, his job pretty easily. I would. Nice. Get, get that checks on. Um, so speaking of guys, that what are you going to do with them? Like, oh, could you sell? Could you not sell? Nobody really can catapulted their value like James Conner did right. against the Cleveland Browns. Mm-hmm. I mean, finished the week dominated when it comes to fantasy football. Uh, do you think he's somebody that do you hold, knowing that Le'Veon Bell is leaving no matter what? We don't know how Le'Veon's going to be gone long in the first place. You just hold it and just ride this train while you can this year and then wait for next year? Or do you get out now? That's a, I mean, that is the million-dollar question at this point. Because um, he had such an amazing first game as a starter. He had he the, the fifth most fan, fancy points, again, amongst all players. So most, quarterbacks, anybody, he had the fifth most in PPR leagues. He had 34.2 fancy points, good for the fifth most in the entire NFL. He had the most amazingly terrible hairdo I've ever seen in my life. Terrible, yeah. It's <laughs> Like that's people in the eighties would be like, dude, that's terrible. <laughs> but at the same time, that almost makes me like him a little bit more for some odd reason. The terrible haircut, which looked awful, the, the kind of small, kind of makes me like him a little bit more for some. It's like ungodly it was like reason. a braille. It was like braille mullet. So it was like, like almost like a wave of emotion happening there. Yeah, a wave of terror. Yeah, it was it was bad, man. Um, but. I mean, if it was me at this point, you got this guy pretty late with the hopes that you were going to get a star. And this is the very first glimpse of him, but what you're seeing, you like. So, I mean, if if that was your out, that's how I would have drafted him. So, I would probably be keeping him. But if you drafted this guy as a, hey, whenever this guy flashes a little bit, I'm going to flip this guy and get a boatload of stuff, then you're going to be the guy that wants to flip him right now. Well, either so, way, I mean, either way, this has worked out perfectly in both scenarios. It really yeah. has. So even when we talked to, when, right. when it came to drafting him, we were like, hey, you know, your hope is you draft him. He's a really good prospect, had a first-round potential uh, before the cancer incident. This is a guy that we kind of built up pretty sure. high. And you draft him for that, saying, hey, when Le'Veon – leaves he gets his opportunity he shines well here we are Le'Veon didn't leave but he doesn't show up and he shines but at the same time <clears throat> I mean I'm floating his name out there I am seeing the value because right now being you know the fifth highest scoring fantasy player of the week that's that's a, that's a good place to be when it comes to talk about value because at the same time I've seen a lot of people come in and have really good one weeks two weeks or one year and I would love to see, just in my league, because every league is going to be different, All right. where somebody does value him. Hey, guys, you know, James James Conner available. What, what are we looking at here? To see if anybody makes one of those, those silly offers. At the same time, I'm holding because the Pittsburgh running back, the stats can be there. Definitely in that offense, the way they throw the football, and that's where you're going to get a lot of value in the PPR game. But, again, if somebody's going to come at me with a silly offer with, like, Hey, I'll give you Christian McCaffrey. Oh, okay. You're right. And the one thing we didn't know was, you know, can this dude – is he a pass catching back? Can he convert this into some PPR as well? And he showed, you know, converting five or six targets for 57 yards that, yeah, he does have added PPR value. He can do some of the things that Le'Veon Bell does. I mean, I don't think they're the same type of running back, but he can still catch the ball and, and make some productive yards out of it. 
Yeah, a good system where, you know, the only worry I had about James Conner was, okay, how do they use Jalen Samuels? Right. You know, and will he be that PPR guy? And I thought, okay, Jalen Samuels come in, be that third down PPR guy. No, it was a James Conner show. Sure. And I don't know if they did it to prove a point to Le'Veon or if they just did it because the kids got some talent and it was a monsoon out there. I don't know. But what it, what I do know is he looked good. Now, there's right. a lot of conditions to make sure to say, hey, it's not we don't know for you know how he's going to be used going forward. It could have been the weather conditions. It could have been a levy on point because I'm not putting that past him as well. Right. No. It was. I mean, call I call it how it was. It was really hard to throw the ball that that day. You know, they had to run the ball. That was oh, out no, of, was that, was, that was out of necessity. I was so, um, you know, I don't think he's going to have this volume that he that he had week in and week out. But at the same time, I mean, 31 attempts is a lot. I mean, you could see him. If if Le'Veon stays away, at least getting twenty. You know what I mean, twenty twenty five. And that's kind of like I feel like this was like a big push for week one. Right. So there's a good spike in value. Where I'm with you. If you drafted him for that purpose, like you're most likely going to hold and maybe start him this week. Right. But at the same time, you, he's a name. I feel you have to float. You have to float it out there just to see where that value is. Which is weird. I mean, you do that to, it's kind of silly because you do it to every player that has a really good week that's not established. Like, hey, right? Just seeing. I mean, at least I do. Like, you hey, do, hey. right? I don't. I just I, do. I just start feeling better about myself when I when they start. Doing well. But you like, say right, he's yes. most he's most he's most likely not in a lot of maybe he's a luxury. Sure, you got it. You know, say I have I have Le'Veon Bell right mm-hmm. in my league. If I would have drafted him just as be be my backup there, I had Le'Veon, I have Melvin Gordon, I have Leonard Fournette, and I have Karrion Johnson on that same team. So if James Conner comes up, he has a nice spike, I'm floating him. Or I guess in the same kind, if not, I could float somebody like Leonard Fournette. Right. Who has a little hammy issue. They better get that hammy under together. Yeah. Leonard, okay. We I don't want I to deal with the ankle all year, now I gotta do the hammy. The lingering hammy. Yeah. Don't even, oh this dude's gonna have issues, man. Leonard. He's going to have issues. Leonard. <laughs> Damn you. Let's move on to some guys. Some other guys had some good games here. Um, Philip Lindsay, we've been talking about him in the preseason. He, he's a guy, undrafted free agent, just will not go away out there out of Denver. We thought after the last couple showings of Royce Freeman, he's going to come in, be the guy, and be a, a quality fantasy football running back out there. But sure enough, here he comes. He gets 17 touches, just like Royce Freeman. But there's one player of these two that comes away with more fancy points, and that was Philip Lindsay. He had 17 touches, 102 yards, uh, 18.2 fancy points. It seems like they have Royce Freeman in there as that ground and pound guy, and then Philip Lindsay's going to be locked in as that PPR guy and be that pass catcher and running back. And with Case Keenum out there at quarterback, somebody get the ball a quick, good guy. This is a really nice, good situation for Philip Lindsay. Do you think this could be a 50-50 share going forward? And just like most PPR leagues, how we mentioned a guy like Deion Lewis, how we mentioned a guy like Duke Johnson, how they actually surpass the main running back when it comes to fantasy production just because of those PPR points? Uh, I mean, it's it's definitely looking that way after one week. It's hard to say, but that that's how he profiles too. I mean, just look at look at the size, look at the pass-catching ability, and, and that's what it seems like it would be. And it, it would complement the you know the the young Royce Freeman as well. So it's it seems it seems like a, a, a nice winning formula for their running backs. You yeah, know. that's how he profiles. Exactly. Remember when you're in grade school and you have to take two pitchers, the front pitcher and the side pitcher. Was that a mug shot you're talking about? Or <laughs> <Pretty much. laughs> no, I don't remember that. What, what what pitchers were the? Oh, those weren't the grade school pitchers. But you know, you would take the front pitcher and then the same exact pitcher. They had the side pitcher as well. No. You don't remember that? Are you sure that wasn't a mugshot? 
<laughs> Were you arrested as a child? <laughs> I don't remember this, man. <laughs> I'm going to plead a one, a two, three, four, fifth. I'm pleading the fifth. Right. Uh, moving on. <laughs> yeah, Philip Lindsay. Uh, Pick him up. <laughs> If you didn't know already, uh, it might be too late, unfortunately. If you're a Royce Freeman uh, owner, it's it's somewhat of a concern. It, no, it, I think they can both. I think they can coexist, but yeah. Uh, I know, but I need my guy to catch some footballs. It's a big thing for me. I, obviously, I'm not. Now, you have a guy like Adrian Peterson comes in. He dominates and gets 22 points because he's just dominated with his touches. But, again, it's really hard for these guys that don't catch footballs. I mean, you got to be pretty damn good to be relative no i i agree with you yeah so it, for it, me that's where my royce Freeman concern would come into it's it's that. definitely a little bit alarming you know you spend a first round draft pick on on a guy and then this this undrafted free agent who you know lo- most likely got picked either really late in your draft or not at all and somebody picked him up off waiver wires is already outscoring the guy you know week one got to utilize the good running backs i mean detroit lions have again they're next week if they don't get a hundred yard rusher they they break the all-time record right. they beat the browns uh, and and unfortunately, that game rushed. just got away with you know got away from them. They couldn't really. They still weren't even you no. Know, they they I don't. Wa- I watched they, the game. The Cooter, they weren't even no. They the, they were the, never trying to establish the run. Karrion Johnson out there making one handed catches like he's Odell Beckham. I'm like, yeah, look at Karrion go. He's a pass catcher back. He's running back. You know, he looked a little bit good, good there, a little bit good there, and then uh, they just like the Cooter went away, man. Well, then Stafford threw another interception. Dude, he looked awful. Terrible. Yeah, the whole line seemed terrible. Like, you know, as a Browns fan, like, we've been bad for a long time. But there hasn't been a lot of hope either. Like, if a Lions fan, you were like, oh, we got Calvin Johnson. Oh, we got some hope. Uh, Never mind. That dude quit because <laughs> it hurts so bad. It's like you, you have these good players and you just don't go anywhere. Like, you're just not good. So, um, moving on. Jared Cook comes out. So, now you have Jared Cook comes out as the number one fantasy scoring tight end on the week. Nine catches, 180 yards. The biggest stat I, I thought I saw there was that Jer- Derek Carr had 40 attempts. Twelve of those were to Jared Cook. Okay. So, over 25% of his attempts were to Jared Cook. Looked big, looked fast, looked really athletic. Has, that's the most receiving yards in Raiders history from a tight end. Wow. You know, I saw a weird stat today on Twitter. I, I wish I could remember who put it out there uh, so I can credit him. But Jared Cook ha- is now the all-time leading tight end receiver for one game for the Raiders, the Rams, and the Titans. <laughs> All big games. So he's been there. He's done this before. He's he's, he's had some teased. Tom Fuller. Yes. He's teased before, yes. man. It's like when you go to that one bar and then they take off this and then there's tassels. And it's just, you're like, what? <laughs> and then you're like. Hey, and you're like, no, it's just ta- it's just tassels. Just tassels. That's all you get. That's all like, you get with this guy is just tassels. You know what? I'm going to sit here and I'm going to be upset about this, but I'm going to sit here. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jared Cook, though, like, this is a guy that John Gruden, when he soon signed up, was like, wow, I didn't know how big and fast and athletic he was. We talked about it in the podcast. Mm-hmm. Like, he came out and said that he was, like, really in – Thrall with Jared Cook saying, wow, this guy could be something. We're like, okay, we'll see because it is Jared Cook. And he, right. He's always flash. He has great athleticism. He always has, but he's just never been able to do it consistently. Never had any really that many good quarterbacks either. Uh, not calling Derek Carr very good either because he's made some – he hasn't really looked that good since he got the money. But 
you know, I mean, he hates Mari Cooper, obviously. Clearly. I mean, he's got no love he for hates Mari. Mari. Yeah. So he's like, he saw that show hanging. Who's hanging with Mr. Cooper? He's like, not me. <laughs> Hate that dude. Hey, you want 10 receiving yards? Not on my watch. Amari. What rhymes with Amari? You're sorry. Get out of here, Cooper. Uh, do you think Jerry Cook's like a long-term viable threat this year? I think I, he might possibly. I know they signed Martavis Bryant they just today signed Martavis to a one-year deal, right. which they have Jordy Nelson. I don't know if they know they have Amari Cooper. They do have Amari Cooper. I don't think anybody else knows they have Amari Cooper. Uh, and, of course, Jared Cook. Uh, right. And, I mean, the coach basically came out and said, um, you know, easier said than done, basically, about getting Amari Cooper jump-started this year. So I don't know what that little veiled comment really means. Like, is Amari Cooper just like a pain in the ass or something? Maybe. Maybe he's a little diva. Is he like a dick? Like, like he had those like first three thousand, like a thousand yards or whatever. I like I don't like I don't know, but like like comments like that from your head coach after week one, when he was like trying to pump you up the entire off season, uh, that doesn't bode well for for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna look too deep into it, but. Um, at the same time, I don't think John Gruden usually just talks. Just, I mean, he just straight away Khalil back the best defensive player in NFL, but whatever. But I mean, after week one, you say crap like that, and you immediately bring back Martavis Bryant. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, man. you're right. It just it, to a me, smoke there's a lot of smoke right there, and um, what we'll sucks see. is you're stuck with it because you're not trade. You can't trade him. You didn't. You didn't think he could trade Khalil Mack? No, no, no. I'm talking about in your, for your dynasty. <laughs> oh, team, right. You can't no, for your him. dynasty team, you can't. Oh, no, no. Because it's a, a good dynasty so low, owner right? wouldn't trade Khalil Mack. Like mm-hmm. if you're like that, right. uh, like you compare Khalil Mack to Alvin Kamara when it comes to like fancy value in the NFL value. So you'd be like, oh, hey, I want uh, I want Alvin Kamara. What do you want? Uh, I'll take uh, your I'll whole take, defense. Can I get your two first round <laughs> picks? Oh, only if you give me a second back. <laughs> All right. <laughs> blow me. <laughs> sure. Uh, <laughs> and I want you to blow me. Listen, all things are possible if you want to give me a hell of a Camaro. Uh, um, so, yeah, so I like that whole Amari Cooper. Like, yeah, you're kind of like, that. you're right. Those comments, bringing in Martavis, not throwing the football. But like I said, the problem is, is you're stuck with them. Like, you're just stuck. As, as a dynasty owner, you're stuck with them. It, it's it's – a, a terrible situation. I mean, he has to be on the bench going forward. I mean, he was on the bench at the end of last year, so now you put him back in because it's a whole new year. But do you just put him right back where he was and just bench him? And you're like, okay. I have zero yeah, he had one Remember he had one the, game right. last year? But that was like right after everybody pretty much gave up and benched him and he had a good game. And then it was the only good I do game remember that. I don't, I don't have any confidence that he's going to do anything. I, I mean – I didn't have any confidence in any of those people on that offense because you didn't see anything in the preseason to to make you think, hey, I need to start any of these guys. Yeah, kind of like the Lions. Like, the Lions sucked really bad in preseason. We're like, oh, it's just a preseason. Mm, a little truth sometimes in a the preseason. There is, but at the same time, the, the way the guy, the way all these teams treat preseason, it's almost like your first three or four games, you're, you're working yourself into shape because they don't do anything. I mean, some teams are better at it. I mean, than others. Obviously, I don't think anybody on the Rams played right. Like Goff didn't play any snaps. Gurley didn't play any snaps in the preseason, and they yeah. they hit the ground running. You know. Um, let me but, get, so let me get, let's move on here. Let's get to some most wrapped up here after preseason one. I know you had a long weekend. I had a long weekend. Let's just wrap it up. Sure. Here. All right. But I want to get your take on. It. So a couple of good guys. I want to get your take on these guys that had big games this right. week. Uh, Kenny Stills, a guy who we. 
we've kind of bagged on multiple times comes sure. in as a nice solid game. Kenny Stills, is it more just kind of, hey, Devon, there, there's nobody else to go around? You had a good game, or is this the truth? Um, No. I mean, to me, I think I think you're going to have games like this with Stills all the time. I think he's I think he's a big play type of guy that can score. I mean, he only had four catches for 106 yards, two touchdowns. But I mean, you know, yeah, he, fantasy he, points can be deceiving. They can be very deceiving, and Definitely you know, obviously Devonte Parker's not in. Nobody else is, you know, really established on that team. I mean, Amendola is Amendola. I mean, he's not gonna he's not gonna burn you downfield or anything like that for any big play. So I mean, it really right now it's Kenny Stills and. That's it, because I mean the tight end uh, Mike Gesicki isn't established at all. He barely, you know, he 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 played fewer snaps than AJ uh, Derby or whatever Derby or whatever the heck that guy's name is. Um, so yeah, I'm selling. I would definitely, I, I would definitely sell. Now he did get sold in one of my leagues actually mm-hmm. today. The deal went down. He got so the person took a twenty twenty second for him. So you know, jumping on that twenty twenty bandwagon. Wow, yeah, this is a podcast. I got a second for him. And you know you wouldn't get a first for Kenny Stills. I don't think you can. No, and so, I think that's appropriate to not get a first. I think if you're a Kenny Stills owner and you've owned him for this long, maybe like that owner has, and he does have a big game, and you're literally like doing what we're talking about earlier in the show. Hey, one big game. Hey, anybody just throwing him out there again, right. Kenny Stills, and somebody's like, "Yeah, I'll give you a second. And you're like, "Okay." I mean, he was like, "Yeah, okay." Like there was no negotiations going on. Right. It was. It like, wasn't no like a second and uh, next year third or something. Yeah. It right. turned out he's like he's like I want a twenty twenty second. Not uh, he's like draft pick capital. He's like I want twenty twenty second. If you're gonna give me a second, he's like okay. And that was it. It was gone. I kind of like that maneuver as well. I think that Miami can be kind of inconsistent. They're gonna be to very... the point where you're not gonna really be happy with yourself. Not no, a championship I... kind of caliber player. Just no, I don't think so. He's a gonna depth be... guy, and you can find a guy like that. You're better off gambling in a deep draft class, which is so far. The like the, the, the problem is you're only going to use this guy as a spot starter, and you know, is he going to hit that game or is he not? You know what I mean? Like he's. I'd rather have a guy that you know you're going to get 12, 13 points out of than a in a spot start situation than a guy that you know could get you twenty six or could get you like three. Yeah, Isaiah Corral mm-hmm. comes in real solid game for the versus the Jets. I know big one of them came with that big run he had like a sixty yard run for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Looked fast, was hitting the whole good, really good mix of him and Bilal Powell there. Crow, are you taking this big game and are you buying it? Are you are you are you holding them? You're feeling good about it? Or are you putting them out there to a, a running back hungry needed team and you're selling, selling, selling? If you are selling, what do you think the value now is Corral? If we just saw Kenny Stills go for around a second for Crow, do you think you could get a late first for Crow? Like you right if he looked that good week one, you give it a couple more weeks with that rookie quarterback where they're gonna have to really rely on the run and you let that build up till you get somebody finally breaks with another injury and you get a first round pick for Crow? Uh that's a that's a tough one. Um I don't think that the Jets are gonna be playing from ahead very much. I think that was kind of a unique game, um, where they were able to run the ball a lot more than than they're going to be able to on a week-in and week-out basis. So, I mean, if I wanted to sell Curl today, I would I would say today's the day. You know what I mean? Right now, before he gets another chance to so suck. Sh- it's short-term yeah, love. Yeah, for okay. me, yeah. Me too. Randall Cobb came out. He had a really nice game. You know, But he'll do that as long as his ankle holds up. It's just, will the ankle hold up? Yeah. I agree. I mean, uh, that was a big time. They were, th- they were throwing the heck out of the ball trying to come back, so there was a lot of opportunity there. Um, to make some plays, and and he he came up with a big game. So I mean, 
Geronimo Allison had a had a pretty nice game as well. So they were just chucking the ball quite a bit. And speaking of James Conner, who's the number five overall fantasy scorer in the week, what about Deshaun Jackson finishing the week as the number six overall fantasy receiver? Comes out on the week, has 31.6 fantasy points in PPR leagues. Predominantly playing out of the slot there in Tampa Bay. You know, him and Mike Evans has some really big, nice games. I know O.J. Howard had more targets than Cameron Brait. That is kind of shifting over there. But Deshaun Jackson, for somebody who was – we've been building up Chris Godwin. And we all thought that – I almost had – like, I didn't even have Deshaun Jackson on my redraft boards pretty much because I thought they are going to kind of utilize Chris Godwin and kind of phase Deshaun Jackson out. And they're going to lock him in a slot like that. He obviously showed – I know he had the concussion, so he might play week two. He might not. Right now it's leaning towards he's going to play. But he obviously showed week one he still got. He still got it. And, you know, um, I'm not sure last year that the, the chemistry was there with Jameis. You know what I mean? It seemed like all last year they just weren't on the same page. So this is one of those things where it's a different it's a different quarterback and maybe there is instant chemistry. And then it brings up, you know, like what happens if Ryan Fitzpatrick looks good for the next two games do they I could see him benching Jameis I could definitely see them benching just getting out from Jameis again I'm like you said there's a lot of reports that I read into last year with Deshaun Jackson I think you and I talked about this I don't know if we talked on the pot the pot or personally about how Deshaun Jackson you know you know he had a good fancy year but there was a lot of stuff out there that he was open and he just was sure. getting missed looks yep. and there was a lot of frustration there because Jameis he got open a lot and Jameis just wasn't able to find him or getting the ball so I could see that totally. Where they just want with everything that's gone on there, there's already been those rumors, like we said, where sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire that they might even before Fitzpatrick was good, would they not pick up his option and just right. let him go and then draft if they have a bad year? Opposite being so, because I mean, could you not envision a guy like uh, Tyrod Taylor going to Tampa Bay and they draft the guy? Sure, as a holdover. Yeah. He's gonna be free next year if. Teddy Bridgewater decides not to stay with the Saints this year. And I think he signed like a, a, a contract that it it was like a, almost like a player option though, or or it was, it was either a player or team option for like two or three years. that got tacked on that thing. Was it? Yeah, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It was one of it was one of the other. It was it was just, it was to spread out his his number to get him. It, under ha- the cap. it had it had to be a player option because there's no way he's gonna lock himself up. There's no way. I, I can't remember if it was player or club option, but yeah. it, it was it was a money it was a money uh, like spreading out type of maneuver so they could spread out his his. Seeing that he was traded, I mean, I mean I'm sure we just looked this up. I don't think it's gonna be. I really can't imagine him just extending himself there. I just it has to be a team a player option in my eyes. Right. But I yeah, mean that that would be what makes this the most is an sense. easy thing we can look up and maybe we'll do it post notes. Um, moving on, guys, I want to ask you about here. So we have Jared Cook we talked about. Manny Sanders, guy had a nice, really nice week Very this week. Very nice week, yep. Some of you I kind of been saying all along that I really like this year. I have tons of them in redraft leagues. Big fan of him. Chris Thompson, same thing. Big fan of his. We've been talking about him mm-hmm. being dominant. Him and Andrew Peterson both come out and dominate the fantasy world. What about some guys that can be potentially worried about? I wrote down a couple guys that I am worried about personally. We mentioned Mariota earlier. I'm kind of now almost – fully out on Mariota. So I'm not, I'm not talking about like I'm worried. Like I'm almost fully just out. Like I want nothing. If I had any, I, I have no shares of them, but if I did, I'd be looking to try and get out from there. Biggest guy that I'm really worried about that I think I'm in the same boat where I'm out completely now. Again, it's just week one, but I had this feeling going into week one, Devontae Freeman. Now yeah. you're a big Devontae Freeman, you know, you're preaching him more than any of the other, like higher than anybody else when it was coming to the rookie drafts. You loved him. You have Devontae shares 
almost everywhere, right? Because yeah. you got you drafted them mm-hmm. everywhere. Rough year last year, wasn't fully there. This year, just I I didn't really want to come out and preach it a lot because it just seems silly. I, I know I mentioned a couple times I really liked Devontae Freeman on my board. I moved him down, didn't draft him anywhere, and now he comes out week one. This wasn't really overly impressive. Um, he looks a, a titch slower, you know what I mean, than he already did. I mean, he was obviously playing with the knee all last year that was bothering him, and I don't know if it zapped some of his explosiveness, but I'm I don't I don't know that he's done. I think he can be a guy that you have as your running back too and you don't feel great about it going forward for the next maybe year or so but yeah i, I see the end coming yeah and that's what I'm a saying. guy like that and i don't even think he like his value yeah like there's no value there at all like the, the ship is sunk but like when it comes back to where he was elite running back one i think those numbers oh i think i think he's definitely falls into the category where he's past his fantasy prime you probably still like if he, come, if he comes out next week, you probably still get pretty good value for a guy like Devontae Freeman. Uh, I haven't gauged his market yet, to be honest, because in the leagues that I own him, I kind of needed him, um, especially early on in the season with you know like a Mark Ingram uh, suspension and stuff like that lingering, and and kind of some young unproven guys behind him. Um, so I haven't gone out there and really gauged his interests. I would say you know. Come week two or three, if somebody sent me the right offer, I, I would I would seriously consider it. Where in the past I I hadn't, you know what I mean. So I I think he's he's nearing the end of, of hashtag two three year yeah. window. You're at the three year window. Uh, again, we running backs. Unfortunately for like Devonta Freeman, we see them a thousand times as well. A really good window of like two. Right three years and it's really a really strong window and then after that it's literally just poof, gone mm-hmm. it's you, you have some value but now you're you fall right back to the wayside where you're just kind of like man i have Devontae freeman be like i don't really want to start him and you know he starts to become that guy that gets traded a lot you know amongst players as add-ins or throw-ins or a spot start and because everybody gets a little piece of it and they're like oh this isn't that good right so yeah I am looking for any moment, like that big spike, wherever it is, to try and get out. Like, hopefully, if Freeman comes back next week and has a solid week, I'd be trying to get out. Like, for anything that I feel is, obviously, you need a running back probably back, but some good value there. I mean, you're right. I, I'm I'm not totally against that thought as a as a Devontae Freeman owner. And we mentioned Amari Cooper with him. Uh, I don't even know if it's necessarily talent. I don't know if it's personality, but he's somebody you're stuck with. And Mariota, and then Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan has not done jack squat since Kyle Shanahan left. I, I mean, mean he's neither, literally a guy that you should never want. Neither to start has Devonte Freeman. I just think Steve Sarkeesian is a bad coordinator. Ooh, yeah, break it down. Um, the the whole offense as a whole just has looked like crap. I mean, look at look at the slump that Julio's gone into. Has he how has he scored any touchdowns since Kyle Shanahan left? No, no, none. Basically, none. Three yeah. total touchdowns. I mean, come on. So Steve Sarkeesian uh, is the problem. Um, I'll just go out go out on a limb and say that. I mean, it's not like it went from two running backs that had great value, a quarterback, and a wide receiver. 
now that's like I mean you can still start Julio. I mean that's Oh, he's a, he's a, he he's transcends yeah, crap. Exactly. Like like he's still a, a very strong start week in and week out, but he's not getting the touchdown production. He yep. has to get, he has to catch a fucking like like 12 balls or whatever. We said that before like if Julio scored touchdowns, he'd be the most dominant fantasy weapon in the game today. Right. If that dude scored if he had 10 touchdowns on the year, he'd be the most dominant fantasy player out there today. He right. just dominates. But he doesn't score touchdowns, and it just, it just shows you the value of touchdowns. Meanwhile, you have guys like Tyler Eifert to score 13 touchdowns and have like 600 yards. You're like, ooh, give me some of that. Or a guy like LeGarrette Blunt, who doesn't have a lot of rushing yards, but he scores a lot of touchdowns. You're like, oh, yeah, give me a piece of that, helping you win. It, I mean, it's a huge difference maker. I mean, it it's a huge difference. That's, I mean, obviously, it's as clear as day. You want to score touchdowns, but sometimes you just don't really think about things like that as well. It's just... Over, I don't care how you get your fantasy points, but as long as you score a lot of fantasy points. Well, I mean, the the thing that it doesn't seem like Sarkeesian's getting is you got all these guys that you can create, get them on the field at the same time, create some mis- mismatches. Like, you don't have to just have Devontae Freeman just on the field and then bring in Tevin Coleman to spell him. Like, put those guys on the field at the same time. It causes an issue for the defense. Some people aren't smart. Some people draft, you know, Ronald Jones, and some people don't. I guess, yeah. How many, how many, uh, how many how many catches did Ronald Jones have this week? I don't think you get any when you're on the bench. How many attempts did he have in this week? street clothes? That ain't good. Yeah, right. no. Somebody's really chasing that Bishop Branky car. Oh man, doors open. Doors open. Hop on. A lot of people are in there uh, waving him on in. I think he's gonna make it. I think he's hopping right in that car. <laughs> I think he's gonna make it. You know, the last person uh, got it. You know, know who's knows currently in shotgun. The last person riding that car. I don't remember. Samaj P. Ryan. Samaj P. Ryan. Yeah, he's in a big dude. Has to ride shotgun. Not enough room in the back. Come on, man. I'm too big to send it back. Ah, you're right, Samaj. Yeah, you're right. Go of course, ahead. Bishop Ranky's driving. Samaj P. Ryan was he inactive also? Uh, yeah, he did not play. I don't yeah. know if he's hurt, inactive, or he's, does it matter? I just know he was inactive this week. His feelings are hurt. Okay. I actually knew the answer to that question. Yeah. 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 Thanks, thanks <laughs> for letting me know. Thanks for telling me, uh-huh. asking me. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's it. Uh, obviously, it's week one. You know, don't do anything too drastic. Don't be, don't be starting players that you not necessarily should start. Don't bench players you think you should necessarily have to bench either. Guys like, well, Mark Cooper, he's been benched since last year, so you can bench him. Uh, but everybody else, keep keep out of it. Keep Remember, on. it's week one. Week one is very important because every single one win is important. But at the same point, it's just week one. A lot of crazy things happen week one. Hopefully you scored a lot of points. Like you lost to me, but you're the second highest scoring team. Love when it happens. Yeah, that's my favorite thing when I score a crap load of points and then I play the one person that scored a crap load more. Who was that? You. It was me, wasn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. I would have beat everyone else in the league, but no, I got the lucky fortune of playing you week one. And Leonard Fournette got hurt too. Mm-hmm. And Devontae Freeman pooped himself. So Yeah, but Leonard Fournette only had eight points. So did Devontae Freeman. But you lost by more than five. Yes, I did. So it was not, <laughs> did not matter. <laughs> I love my team. So um, we'll get back to next week. Obviously, every week we learn a bit. We learn a little bit more. Like, you know, does Naheem Hines get some good bounce back value here? A guy who had a struggle in, in the preseason all of a sudden comes in, not a huge game, but does have seven catches on nine targets, big time. Definitely Marlon Mack possibly coming by. Jordan Wilkins not looking that great out there as well. But listen, Marlon Mack didn't look that well either in that new up-tempo offense where Andrew Luck wants to get the ball out quickly Naheem Hines fits that scheme to a T does his value kind of hold this is a John New Smith take a next level does Will Disley still keep getting catches out there who is the number one Seattle week one's week one a lot of silly things happen in week one 
All right. If it was week six and somebody had a big game, we'd say it's just week six. But it's week one. We're all excited. Football's here. And like, ooh, is this going to keep going? Is this a rainbow that keeps on going? We don't know. But week two gives us a little bit more answers. We're going to keep finding some answers. And along the all along this way, this 13-week way, we're going to find a couple diamonds in the rough as yeah. we keep scouring through here as well. And we're going to keep looking. And, you know, right now we, we see some guys. You know, is Jared Cook's value up here? Is Deshaun Jackson see a value? Are there's new guy in the f- new people on the scene, guys like Will Disley? Um, does Philip Dorsett hold value? A guy like Ryan Grant, does he, does he see a boost out there as well? A lot of these guys took a step in the right direction, but let's see if they can keep those steps going and keep the pace up. Uh, we're going to follow along all, all year long. Crazy. Week one's already in the books. We waited so long for it to get here, but listen, that's how the season rolls. Pretty soon we'll be talking playoffs here and then the NFL draft. But in the meantime, let's move on to week two. Let's all hope away. If we didn't get a win, we kind of come back here to even 500. If we did win, let's carry that momentum over, get the 2-0. and oh. In the meantime, if you want to talk strategy, if you want to talk fantasy football, you always hit me up on Twitter. I'm at Dynasty Rich. I'm at Dynasty Matt. You can follow the site at Dynasty Nerds. Make sure you check out DynastyNerds.com every single day for all your Dynasty content. Uh, I got to get on there this week. I got to update my Dynasty rankings because there's a lot changing here. I got to get to that uh, hopefully by no later than this weekend. So in the meantime, good luck, and we'll talk to you next week. Tyreek the Freak. Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson.